This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, back here with you today after a relaxing holiday weekend. They might as well face it, summer is done. It's just gone. But that's okay. I don't mind them. Lots of people welcome the changing season. I'm one of them. I like. I actually like fall. I do like the fall. And many of us are. Many of us like the changes of the season. Here in Southern California, the changes are pretty subtle. They're not very distinct. But I do like them. Remember, I lived uh, what nine years in New York, and the, the seasons there. And I, 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 the first couple of years, I really liked it. But boy, I really got tired of winter at this point in time. That cold really got to me. So depending on what country you live, what part of the country you live in, you know, you may or may not like the change of seasons. But we still have really, the change really doesn't really come around for several more weeks and maybe a month or two. So before I start on today's news and financial stories, let me take a few seconds to remind you, our, um, our Northern California Invest Talk listeners, that I have already scheduled a return visit there to San Jose. I go there about once a month. October 3rd is my next scheduled time. I will be sitting down with interested individuals for personalized no-cost portfolio reviews if they wish. Remember, that's October 3rd. You can sign up now. We can talk more about that later, but if you realize that you could very likely benefit from my guidance, please register. Love to do that. Love to sit down with you. Now, the stock market just concluded its strongest August in years. Did you know that? August is usually not a strong month, and it's the strongest August in years, not the strongest month in years, but August. Okay, but what about September? Some people think it can't get any better. I'm kind of one of those, by the way. Others are thinking uh, there's going to be a downturn, and I'm kind of on that side of the, the fence for September. I think September's going to be volatile, but we'll see. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I will say this. September is usually the worst month of the year, and I don't see any reason why it won't be this year, too. And, you know, because August was so good, that tends to make me believe that September won't be very good. We'll see. Stay tuned. I'll report it. I'll talk about it. Now, today's top of the show story, I will explore the strategic move of the web's giant gorilla. And that, of course, is Amazon decisions. Amazon to jump into grocery store. Remember they bought, do you remember what store chain they bought about a year ago? I know, I remember it well because we happen to own that stock that they bought a year ago. The grocery business was supposed to be changed dramatically because of what they bought. At least that was the, the expectations. Has it? First, our Anytime Listener line is open right now, and I hope you will call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm calling to get your thoughts on the stock Apple was wondering what would be a good dollar point to get in or do you think the stock is overvalued thank you for your thoughts and i'll be listening to the answer on your show 
Now, if you're talking about Apple Computer, which is what I'm assuming, uh, everybody kind of knows about Apple Computer, and it's done very, very well. Uh, it happens to be one of the stocks we own in our managed stock accounts. Um, is it too late to get in? I say no. It's not too late to get in, but I wouldn't chase it here because it's got so much. I'd wait, as I just said on the opening here about September, I don't think it's going to continue to move up as strong as it has. It was up today, you know, up 73 cents to $228. But I, I think we'll get a little pullback, maybe down to the $215 area, 216 somewhere around there. I'd wait for a small pullback and just jump in and put it in a drawer and ignore it for a number of years. AAPL is a symbol. I mean, you, you know, when you mentioned that, well, is it too expensive? Well, the, the, the PE, current PE is like 21. And that's very high for Apple. Very high. Scroll, sales growth is 17%. That's amazing for a $1.1 trillion stock that it can have a growth rate like that. You know how difficult that is? Earnings issue is going to be $11.75 from $9.21 last year. Next year, the estimate is for $13.56. So, uh, Apple, yeah. I, yeah, I, we've owned it since 2008 or nine. I don't remember exactly what we bought the last time. This is not my first time at Apple either. Anyways, appreciate the call. Thank you. AAPL. It's been about a year, right, since Amazon got into the groceries business in a big way, and, and, and the acquisition they made, remember, it was Whole Foods. Amazon move caused a lot of entrenched incumbents like Walmart, Kroger, Costco, and Target to take aggressive steps in store and online in their attempt to, to block Amazon from taking over the grocery business. It's like an $800 billion business. And everybody expected Amazon to make a huge foray into the food business, and yet they did not. They really didn't. And these other stores, these other companies, now this is an article I found on CNN.com, by the way. Uh, so these other companies, because Amazon scared them, woke up, and they began expanding online delivery, in-store pickup, poured money into supply chains and technology improvements, kept prices low even in the face of higher cost. They, they were scared. Again, it was $800 billion grocery market uh, business that they're trying to protect against Amazon. Everybody's afraid of Amazon when they get into a business. Now... Kroger happens to be the largest supermarket chain. Food and drink make up for more than half of Walmart and Costco sales. Groceries account for 20% of Target's revenue. And although uh, online ordering has been very slow to take off in the United States, analysts estimate it will be about 18% of the grocery sales by 2025. Mind you, it's only 2% today. Now, remember the book, Creative Destruction. Creative destruction. Amazon is a very good create, a destructor of old business models and creator, create, creator of new ones. And that book kind of spells out how that happens. It's been going on in the United States forever. Very good book to read, by the way.
So Amazon doesn't necessarily want to build a bunch of physical stores. Remember, they're not. That's not their thing. So they probably won't anytime soon. And Americans still, we still prefer to go and get our pick out our own groceries and you know see it at the physical store. So. Online shopping is not going to take off like a lot of other online businesses have. Walmart thinks because, you know, they're so big and they're 90% of all the, they cover 90% of the country being within like, what is it, 10 miles of a Walmart? 90%. So they think that gives them a great advantage and it probably does. It probably does. So... So probably Amazon has been kind of overdone here, overdone as far as getting into uh, all, you know, destroying the the old method of grocery food stores. I don't think it's going to destroy them. But there's a battle for grocery store dollars. It's underway. Many experts and shareholders of other food store operators firmly believe that Amazon cannot win this war. I'm not positive about that. We'll see. So, do you keep investing in Target, Walmart? We happen to own Walmart in our managed accounts. And I think, I think you do. Costco, Target, Walmart—those are the 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 ones I like the best. Kroger is fine, but yeah, we'll see. We're going to see how this works out. If you have questions or you want to talk about, have some professional guidance. Just call me or Justin, and we'll we'll talk about it. Now, you'll need to get in touch with us. Feel free to call our Dana Point office at KPP Financial. We'll get you a portfolio consultant, me or Justin, and I do have another person there, Jason. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so please call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and heading into the break, I want to remind you that Invest Talk is heard live every weekday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, on the radio. 1220 a.m. in the Bay Area, and also live on the internet, streaming on investtalk.com. And please tell your friends and family members to tune in. And now the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to InvestTalk. We're now into September, summer has ended, and the stock market just had its strongest August in years. Steve's here, the phone lines are open, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? Today's featured talking point is reverse mortgage alternatives. Okay, first I need to explain what a reverse mortgage is to some of you, and then what are the alternatives? That's because the reverse mortgage isn't the best fit. A lot of people don't like them, and there's reasons to like them. They're very expensive. Well, we'll get into that. I'll get into that. And i also look in today's program. I got some really interesting things. I think they're interesting. Uh, here's one midterm elections become an issue for the stock market. Right now they're not. Do you know what's happened in the past? I love looking at historical patterns because they tend to repeat themselves. They don't always repeat themselves, but we're going to take a look at a historical pattern of midterm elections. And what does it mean to be a financial expert? You know, in my book, I have said that, and I've said on this radio many times, experts are always wrong. 
So what does it mean to be a financial, quote-unquote, expert? I'm going to get into that. And then something a little lighter. How much money do you need to make to afford rent in every state? What are the top states? How much money do you make on a monthly basis to afford the rent in that state? So it's a combination of how much money you need to make and how much rent is. What are the highest states? Highest state. Where's the highest particular place in the United States? Then I'll get into the cheapest states. Okay? So that's what we're going to talk about today. But it's always you. You drive the market. You drive the show. Not me. The market was down today. Dow, Dow was down 12. 12 uh, Nasdaq down 18. And the S&P down 5. And it was a lot worse, of that, worse than that at the opening. I think the Dow was like 140 points or so at the open, 130 points. And then it slowly crawled back all day long. All day long. Why did it drop? You know, everybody likes to try to figure out why it dropped on a day-to-day-to-day -day -day basis. And to be honest, a lot of that is just a bunch of news that's worthless. It's worthless to know what, it, what made it go down today. It's, it's more important... What is the news? What will be the driver to make the market fall or rise the next month, six months, year? Not, not what happens on a day-to-day -day basis. That really is not very instructive for you. Yes, it can collapse in a day. And I, again, refer you to uh, <laughs> October 19, 1987, when it went down 20% in one day. But that's one time and... <sighs> What, 50 years? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not normal. It could be dramatic like that. But, you know, and I got this strange feeling that I'm a little concerned that we might have a dramatic fall here in September and October sometime. Dramatic. But when I say dramatic, I don't mean 20%. I mean 1,000 points, 1,500 points on the Dow in a day. I could see that happening extremely easily. I can see it. But just because I think it can doesn't mean it's going to. It's just my opinion. And Remember, experts are always wrong. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peaslin, and I thank you for joining us today. And if you can find a minute to subscribe, to subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Google Play, if you can, please do so. 888-99-CHART. This is InvestTalk. Question, have you subscribed to the InvestTalk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play? Please do, then listen, rate, and review. This helps us improve our InvestTalk programming. And now, you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve Peasley will have unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Matt from Utah. I have a question... Um concerning my son who was looking for some advice about what he should do with his money. He's 24 years old. He's been working for about a year and a half after college, has no college debt. Uh, he makes about 50000 a year, and he's able to save about 1000 or more a month. Currently, he has about $25,000. He has um, maybe $3,000 in some Robinhood stocks. He's wondering what to do with the rest of it. 
I've talked to him about possibly starting a Roth IRA and possibly some ETFs to invest them in. And what should you do with the rest? I'll take your answer off the air. Thanks for your help. Love the show. Bye-bye. Well, I think a Roth IRA for that younger person is an excellent idea. If he doesn't have a 401k at work, he should start a regular IRA as well. Okay? Um, and max them out. 5000 each. But what to invest the money in? He should dollar cost average into the market with that money. And I, I would like to see him get it in, you know, by maybe late October as much as he can in the market. But do a dollar cost average. Put it money in every week or two weeks and get that money invested. And, you know, he's so young, you know, he could, he could just ride out the next recession and the next recession after that. He doesn't have to try to worry about it. And try to teach him that the next recession, it's going to make him, he's going to lose a lot of money on paper in his IRA, Roth IRA, 401k, or his normal individual investment. He's going to lose a lot of money on paper, but he should invest more when that happens. And he'll make it all up, and he'll be rich if he keeps at it. Now, should it be in, he probably should do index funds, ETS, index ETS is fine. You know, SPY is the S&P 500, the DOW is the Dow Industrial 30, and QQQ is the NASDAQ 100. You can also do Russell 2000. There's all those indexes he could do. But I would recommend that until he, if he, and until unless he has enough interest to buy individual stocks. You can't just buy one, two, or three. You shouldn't. You need to buy, you know, 15, 20, 30 of them. And that, that, that means you need a little bit more money. More money. Okay? Good question, and I hope your son follows your advice. I really do. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We're going to go into our main talking point today, and that's on about alternatives to reverse mortgages. So first, what is a reverse mortgage? A reverse mortgage is simple. You are borrowing money on your house. You're putting, taking out a mortgage in reverse. Instead of you, instead of you paying back the mortgage, they're going to give you the money, and you can do whatever you want with it. And you do not have to pay back the money until you either die or sell that house. Then you have to pay the money back. What is the good of that? Most people have a lot of equity in the house, and some people are very house rich and financially poor. So if they want to stay in their house, a reverse mortgage is a last good choice. Notice I said last good choice, not first, last. But they're all alternatives to reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages are very expensive, by the way. 10, 20 grand up front. I mean, they, they're cost money, okay? And there's pros and cons for the reverse mortgage. I'm, I don't want to get into those, but there are pros and cons. Now, some of the alternatives, you know, uh, you can just refinance your house, cash out, refinance. In other words, borrow more money against your house. I hate that idea, by the way, because I want you to pay off your mortgage by the time you retire. But maybe you have a need for that money, and this is the easiest, fastest, and least expensive way to do it. Okay. You can also do a home equity line of credit, HELOCs. Problem with you have... HELOCs is you have to pay a monthly uh, interest and interest grows. 
Okay, uh, so you, you can pay, it costs you a lot in interest. That's the downturn. But the fees to get a, a HELOC are very low. So a HELOC is possible. Home equity loan, that means you take out a second mortgage on your house, a second trust deed, and you can get all that money up front. You can. That's one of the ways to do it. But, of course, now you have to make principal and interest payments just like a set. So you have a first mortgage payment. Now you have a second mortgage. you got to make it two payments a month. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> but those are some... You can also just sell the house and buy a cheaper house. You can do that. Or rent. Sell the house and rent. Depends on your age and where you are in life and where you want to be. There's lots of lots of issues here that you have to think about. As you get older and closer to retirement, the issues become even more striking and more important and life-changing. When you're young, you still have time to make different decisions and Redo stuff, but not when you get older. So be very, very careful. Be very deliberate when you think about these kinds of decisions. Okay? 888-99 chart. Tomorrow on the Best Talk, inflation erodes your savings by as much as 4% each year. But you can minimize the effects of inflation by having your money work harder. And that's the story tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Our podcast continues next. The process of investing is more than just picking stocks. Investing begins with savings, of course, and along the way, there are issues about taxes and then estate planning and on and on. KPP Financial clients have a ready resource of information about any and all of these personal financial matters. All they need to do is ask. Managing your money gets more complex every day, and there are more options than the average person could possibly comprehend. And when we're confronted with too many choices... Research shows that people put off decisions, important decisions. Most times, that's not productive. KPP Financial's philosophy is the more their clients know, the more successful they'll be, and the more predictable their future will be. KPP Financial, serving the average investor, helping them find solutions. Now let's continue with the podcast. This is Invest Talk, and thanks to very strong interest in Steve Peasley's no-cost, one-on-one portfolio reviews last week in San Jose, Steve has already scheduled a return date, October 3rd. Space is limited, so register now at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, a little while ago you were talking about meal kits and how supermarkets and these meal kit companies have to team up. I just wanted a question about Blue Apron, APRN. Do you think it would be a good time to get in as a speculative play for a potential buyout down the line? I know they have some brand recognition, but that's about it with all the competition that's in the marketplace. And I know it's kind of immature, but uh, do you think as a speculative play 
that it would be wise to maybe invest in one of these meal kit companies such as Blue Apron. Just want to hear your thoughts on that and see if you think it's a potential buyout target. Thanks. Bye. I actually do not. This is Blue Apron Holdings, APRN, headquarters out of New York, produces and delivers fresh ingredients and recipes to make meals for homes. Why would I? Why would someone want to buy out this company that's losing money? Uh, and it would and would would it be a grocery train? Why would they do that when they can set it up and do it themselves? Probably less expensive. It has to be something in Blue Apron that make it attractive. It's a dollar ninety seven stock. It'd be awful cheap, one hundred twenty two million dollars. So I guess they could buy it out, but I don't see them paying top dollar for it. That's for sure. What? And they're losing money. They're gonna you know when you say it's a speculative play, uh, uh, it's very speculative. Very tiny company. They're losing money this year. They've lost money every year. They're going to lose money next year. And the thing that really concerns me is the last three quarters, sales have gone down 13%, 20%, and 25%. They're going the wrong way. Shouldn't they be increasing as a good speculative play? Even though they're not making money, sales should be increasing. Uh, So, no, I wouldn't buy this. I'd stay away from it. It's too risky, and I think you just throw money away. Can it go back up to $4 from $1.97? Sure it can. You know, it could do anything. People can get crazy and bid things up and just because. But as far as investment, no. It's not a good investment. 888-99-CHART. So, the midterm elections are right around the corner, right? So, what will that mean for the stock market? And historically, historically, during a midterm election, September has been the worst month month of the midterm election as it approached. But as they get closer and closer, the midterm elections, markets begin to recover. And analyst Keith Parker of UBS says that the S&P 500 has rallied an average of 14.5% from the end of August to the end of March around midterm elections. So we're what? We just ended August, right? It's September 4th today. So from the end of August to the end of March, the S&P, in midterm election years, the market has gone up 14.5%. So any weakness in September would be weakness to buy, right? Right? Would it not? I mean, all things being equal, we're not ha- we're not going into a war. You know, no one dropped a nuclear bomb on somebody. You know, all things being equal, there would be a good time to buy weakness in September. And since we had a strong August, that gives me more confidence that September won't be that strong. I know people would say, well, wait a minute, that's counterintuitive. If you have a strong longest, wouldn't the trend stay in place? Well, I'm not saying the trend won't stay in place. I just don't, you know, every time there's a big move up for any reason, rhyme or reason, usually there's some give back of that move, and we had a strong longest. Now, taking a more short-term approach, uh, uh, the chief strategist for Deutsche Bank, Noted that the three-month period running from a, a month ahead to two months after the election, one month ahead and two months after the election, has produced an 8% gain, and that includes only one decline, 4% drop in 1978. So, okay, so if this guy says 
The average return for the S&P is 14.5% from September 1st to March. Well, 8% of that is going to happen in the month before the election and two months after. I love this stuff. I, I, you know, I love these statistics. I don't know why. Probably because I'm insane. Anyways, 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley, and you are listening to Invest Talk. There are some simple rules for success that every regular Invest Talk listener has heard Justin and I talk about, and we've talked about it many times. One, always diversify. You want to limit your investment in any one stock or any one sector. Stocks, I like 3% each, but you can go up to 5 Another rule. Do not make emotional investing decisions. Control your emotions. There's really only two emotions, fear and greed. Control them. Don't let them decide your buys and sells. Don't. A third rule. Do not, not try to time the market. It's impossible. And the more you listen to this show, the more you learn. I promise that. Invest talk I promises a commitment to reason and common sense. And we'll guide you through that. It'll make, help you make you a better investor. I promise that. The flow lines are open, and the program is always made better by your questions. So please call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Made possible by KPP Financial, where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news. It's sent directly to their inbox, and it really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. The cost, now through September, is only $9 per month. If you act now, you'll stay ahead of the coming October price increase. So you'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber. And you can do that at investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Steve's here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Michael from Nashville. I actually had a question about types of bonds. I am with Merrill Lynch, and they offer corporate, municipal, agency, and treasury bonds. My question is, Investing in treasury or agency bonds, I don't understand why you would because the yield for those two is so low. Any input into that would be appreciated. Thanks. The reason why you would uh, invest in U.S. treasuries is they're ultimately the safest investment you can put your money into. That's why. That's why you would. And right now, the yields are very, very low. And so I tend to agree with you. I wouldn't want to invest in the treasuries. But bonds, historically, you know, they're very they're anti-stock market, okay? That means you can avoid the volatility of the stock market. Right now, we've had a number of years of very calm movement of stocks in the stock market. So everybody's very complacent about what can happen in the stock market when it can get extremely volatile when it feels like it. 
Well, bonds don't do that. Bonds pay you a yield. You hold on to maturity. You get the yield. You get your money back. You go back to par. Very safe. You get, you know, four or five-year bond, a corporate, quality corporate bond. You can probably, I'm getting about 5.2% yield in my bond, all bond program and my balanced income program, which is half bonds, half dividend paying stocks. So there are reasons to invest in bonds. Uh, the main reason is to avoid the volatility of the market or you're just you're looking for income and you don't want to take much risk. You know, the, the bonds have their uses. Long term, the best, best place to invest is the stock market. It is. But it can at times, and we just haven't had those times recently. I try to wind you back to 2000 to 2003 and 2007 to two, early 2009. Wind, wind your mind back to those times and think about the stock market. Every dot-com, almost every dot-com, 90% of them went out of business when they were skyrocketing in 1999. Almost all of them went out of business. Not all of them. Because most of them, 90 plus percent, had no idea of how to make money. The stock market in 2000, late 2007 to early 2009 went down 50%. 50%. You, you're willing to lose 50% of your money. Let's say you're 70 years old. You know, and you just retired. You're going to stay in the stock market and lose 50% of your money in the next two or three years. Can you mentally do that and what if you need to withdraw money just as the market's falling see there's reasons to use bonds to protect against that kind of fall okay now as you know i keep pounding the table that experts are often wrong and when it comes to the stock market the problem is if you're an expert you're a doctor or an engineer you get set you get a certain set of facts you can then make decisions on that certain set of facts and pretty much guarantee an outcome from that. Stock market, you can be fed a certain set of facts and you can't, there, no, you, you don't know what that kind of outcome. You, you're just, it's not that simple. And the problem with being an expert in the stock market, it's kind of a paradox because the broader and deeper your knowledge base is, the more readily you're going to say, when someone asks you a question, I don't know. I'm not sure. And that makes you sound like you don't know what you're doing. So the more you learn, the more you sound like not an expert. It's kind of interesting. So finance is one of those fields where the term expert is kind of nebulous. Not sure. Just not sure. And the difference in the market is, you know, us experts, if you call me an expert, we compete with other experts, okay? And we all, we all can't be right. For instance, if I'm buying a stock, someone else is selling it. If I'm buying a million shares, someone else is selling a million shares. I guarantee you that person has a million shares. He's probably an expert too. Maybe working for a mutual fund. Maybe, you know, a, a school, a uh, uh, a pension fund, right? So we are disagreeing right there for the most basic buy and selling of a stock. Anyways, but the most important skill if you're going to try to invest, for any investor, is have a deep understanding of yourself. 
not the market. You got to know your limits. You got to know how, what fear and greed feels like in you. And how do I react to it? And react to it and understanding that and then try not to let that fear and greed control you. You first have to learn what it is in your own personal being. What do you do when you're scared? In the stock market parlance, when you're really, really, really scared, you should buy. When you're really, really, really happy, because your stocks have done so well, you should sell. Most people can't do that. Let's go to Fatali in Atlanta. How are you doing, Fatali? Hi, Steve. Doing well. How are you? I'm good, and thank you for the call. Yeah, I'm calling regards to an ETF by Vanguard. It's uh, called VWOB, V-W-O-B. Um, I was thinking about purchasing it for my daughter um, and holding it for about 10 to 15 years. It's a college fund uh, that I was planning to purchasing it in. And I saw that the dividend is about, I think it's like 4.6%, and also it's been down for a while. So I was thinking it's a good time to purchase, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. I would say, yeah, it'd probably be a pretty decent time to buy it. Okay, what what is it, everybody? It's Vanguard Emerging, Vanguard Emerging Markets Government. ATF seeking performance corresponding to the Barclays Emerging Markets Government RIC capped index. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm not sure exactly what it's investing in. Uh, if it's all bonds, if that's what it is, government bonds, I would not I would not use it, Vitelli. But I don't have a, a good enough definition here. But on a chart, this looks like a good place to buy it. But it, again, if it's bonds, I would not buy a bond fund for my college young. How old is your How old is your child? By the way, one. And I'm also um, oh. I have um, other ETFs that are more um, aggressive. But I also wanted to get something that was kind of uh, you know safe and that will just accumulate over time. That's why I was saying for 10, 15 years holding it for her. Well. Um, I would recommend against that, Vitaly. I know it, you you want something safe, but the, you, know, you need to grow that money, and she's only one, and you got many years to grow the money. This is the time, the first 10 years is the time you'd be aggressive, okay, of, the, of your child, 10, 15 years. This is where you'd be aggressive as you can and not be defensive in a bond fund. Um, I, gotcha. I just wouldn't do it. I would do it, Vitaly. Let me tell you when I would do it. I would do it if interest rates are super high, then I'd move to the government bond funds. I'd move to bond funds. If interest rates go really high in the next couple of years, I'd move to it because then you can get capital appreciation plus the high return. But not, not today when interest rates are going to be rising. Okay? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. On Tuesday, Invest Out program is almost finished. This Tuesday. Our Tuesday. The program's almost finished, everybody. That's amazing how fast it goes sometimes. <clears throat> so it's going to be uploaded to our podcast collection. As you know, you can listen to it anytime you want. But we still got about 10 minutes. You know, we'll talk about anything financial, any financial questions you've got on your mind. Now to call 888-99-CHART.
on the next Invest Talk. Inflation erodes your savings by as much as 4% each year. But you can minimize the effects of inflation by having your money work harder for you. That story tomorrow. And now, Steve is here, he's ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Matt in Washington State. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, and I appreciate the call. Good to hear. Yeah, thanks for taking it. Um, so I had a quick question regarding um, daily trading volume. So I looked today, and I don't know when it finished out, but at one point during the day, Amazon was, I mean, like six or seven million shares had, had traded hands today. And I know... Um, a lot of people, you know, will buy shares, hold them for the long term. And so I'm wondering, like, where's this volume coming from? Is it traders doing just really short-term trades? Are there algorithms going? Or, like, what is exactly um, contributing to, to all the volume that we see in the market? Okay, that's a good question. Remember, every trade, Matt, there's two people. One, Someone's got to be a seller and someone's got to be a buyer. So someone's got to be willing to give up Amazon at the price that it is. It could be a mutual fund rebalancing their portfolio, having too much, or a mutual fund not having enough. Okay? It could be that. Okay. It could be people, you know, people cutting in half their position because they made so much money on it. Those could be the sellers. And remember, at a certain point, Maybe they're also selling because they got to pay tuition. That is a theory, by the way, Matt, why September is usually a down month because of hmm. uh, people selling stocks to pay for their college kids' college tuition or whatever. I don't know if it's valid, yeah, but it is a theory. Yeah. But there's always somebody on the other side willing to sell if you give them enough money and attract them. By the way, the volume was not that high today. It was higher than normal, but no, there was a number of days in this last year that it was a lot higher. So, But I noticed that it was really yeah, interesting, so Matt, mostly, is the days that was... Mostly it, the bigger players and institutions who are making these trades then, not, not your everyday retail investors, right? When you get into the millions, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah, I you. Would. I noticed that the, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Just for everybody else, I noticed that the volume today was higher than normal, but there's been times when the volume was twice as much, and every one of those days in this last year were big down days for Amazon. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Good, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I wanted to ask thank you... you if you have any idea what would possibly be moving the price of platinum uh, down uh, to more than well, 10 year, um, I'm sorry, the price moving. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Steve? I'm listening. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, I'm wondering what's moving the price of platinum below $800. Uh, and because I bought, I bought some, but now it's gone down even more. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating on precious metals. Yeah, frustrating on pre on precious metals. I I can't see anything that's causing it other than people today. For instance, they had some pretty good economic ISM numbers. The economics numbers are still pretty darn strong, 
and people are not fearing. Usually precious metal, palladium, platinum, gold, silver, those things move up on fear and they move up on the weak dollar. And I don't know if you noticed, but the dollar spiked today. Spike. Why did it spike? Probably on the good economic news today. So, because it was weak for the last two or three weeks and then today it spiked up. So, it has a lot to do with the dollar and the economy and no no fear out there uh, of people, you know, fearing that the economy is going to slow down. Well, it's going to slow down. I just can't tell you when. I think late right. next year, personally speaking. But that's why the dollar got stronger. John, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, everybody. That's the number. Oh, we're out of time. Gee, that went fast. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another Invest Talk program. Again, your calls and questions drive the show, make it interesting to me. Remember, if you want to replay any or all of today's program, you can do so on demand from the podcast page on investtalk.com. And everybody, I want to really thank you for listening. I hope you had a great weekend, and now we got to get back to it. Vacations are over. School has started. Time to get back to work. And please come back tomorrow. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.